0: is a record of, go ahead, you can clap, you guys are fruitful, and adding to our number day by day, come on, let's clap for our children, yes, we rejoice in the kingdom being expanded, Lord, we rejoice as we're clapping, I'm going to ask you to keep clapping, just keep clapping, Lord, we, we just thank you, we're praising you right now for our children, We're praising you for the fruit. We're praising you that that you're the creator. We're praising you that you're raising up your kingdom here on earth, God. We're praising you that you're doing something in generations to come. Lord, we thank you that you're living a a testimony through your people. You're raising up the next president of the United States in our midst. People that are going to extend the gospel. Lord, we praise you. Lord, we praise you. We praise you. We praise you. Amen? Amen. You know, just as Mark was uh, speaking and and he shared that calling was apologetic. Hey, and this... It's just, yes, she doesn't want to disturb us. She loves, she's a lover. She's a mom. She doesn't want to upset the system. But praise God that that we're not just a hospital. We can come in here and we can get healed and we can get delivered. But praise God, it's a celebration hall too. Yeah. You know, we started out. There's a that there's a place that when when you get right to have a when you oh Mitch's voice overtook me. <laughs> Hallelujah. He's oh, Mitch. I'm going to stand on a chair if you're going to give it in there. So. But come on, it's a place to celebrate. You know, when uh, we were at the hospital recently, it was just a delight because I'm reminded that all the people that lay hands on us when we go to the hospital, they're a community. We have so many medical people in our midst, and that's where they go to work. That's their profession. And they go there, and they get to celebrate with their peers. Just like when we go to work, their work happens to be that they're laying hands on people constantly. (laughs) And believing in faith constantly. But, but it's not just a community of faith that gives this way. But it's a community of faith that interacts. And he spoke that to me while we are up there. That we, we remember that when we go in in high need. That there's people there that are walking in. They've just gotten pregnant. They've just gotten engaged. They've just learned of some victory in their family. Even before they got there. And they came in in that profession to celebrate the hospital so much more than the filler of a need. Amen? Come on, I'm just getting excited. It was great to be in the hospital because we got to see. So many people just came and said, we saw your name on the list. And we just want to be there. So, Look, lots of good information in your bulletin, including that um, Kent Henry is actually coming back to the bridge He's been here with us, but he's going to come back to the bridge in October. So, want to make sure you know that. Also, that we we have an opening on Wednesdays uh, for someone of a, a church person uh, to come in and help in the food banks. The food bank, <laughs> Lord God, please don't pluralize it. <laughs> not, yet. not yet, not today. But on Wednesdays we have lots of additional people that have come to help. We like to have one person from Dwelling Place there in each shift, and we have a position open Wednesdays from four to six. I'm also seeing uh, we have these to hand out. If George and Swift or Swift, whoever Swift's already, oh, you've already done it, great. If you need one of these, you might want to raise your hand. Um, There's some up here in the front. I'm also just going to highlight that last Wednesday we started learning to live. There are one, two, three, four, five. Six classes on here for adults. There's three classes for young people. It was exciting. Emily Toffanetti said, okay, she just said, I'm new. What, what am I getting ready to expect? And I said, well, you're getting ready to expect an implosion in the, in the spirit. People are going to rush in the door from 627 to 7-ish. And they're going to be eager. They're going to give out pieces of information that have to do with these classes. And they're going to want to know where to go. Some of them are going to blow right past you thinking that they know where they're going. Uh, some people are just trying to find their dinner that someone else brought. And this building on a Wednesday night just goes like that. Parking everywhere. Those poor dump trucks. If they're late getting into their parking space, they're competing with some minivan. And and, so, uh, and there's this energy about getting to hear the gospel from another saint and connecting with other believers. It's a phenomenal time. And you might say, well, I can't make every Wednesday. Well, I encourage you to come. It's uh, for 10 weeks, so the, the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. So I, wanna, I also asked Tim if she would come. Next weekend is the oh, No Cane. Yeah.
1: yeah. Amen. That's right. Amen. Amen. I'm just so glad Tulio prayed for our children this morning because I was about to kill mine before I got to church. Now, let's just be real. I mean, I got up and I thought the Spirit of God was in my house. I mean, it was good, and reality just opened its door when my children got up. I mean, it was just crazy. I unclogged two toilets found three iPods that were lost from yesterday I yelled at about four children which I only have three so I don't know who the fourth one was but can we just say I had some kind of crazy this morning I don't know what you were doing here at church but I I mean we were praying for me well we get in the car Amory looks at me and she says mom what does evacuation mean And I wanted to say, well, what we just did out of our house, I'm like, the devil is on our tail. (laughs) Let's get out of here and get to somewhere safe. So (laughs) I'm saying that this morning.
0: (laughs) Wrap it around, wrap it around.
1: I know. I'm wrapping it around because I appreciate the prayers. But as I was thinking, I mean, we all got some kind of crazy ladies in our life, right? Right. That's my crazy. Your crazy looks different. And I'm going to tell you this. I love my crazy. I would not change mornings like I had this morning for anything. You know, my kids got in the car, and it was crazy, but it's just as good as them sitting in silence, you know. And I wouldn't trade that. At the same time, I need a little break from crazy. (laughs) So whatever your crazy may be, I'm going to encourage you, Here's an opportunity, ladies, to take a break from your crazy. Because as I was driving to church this morning, I'm like, I just need a word. I need a worship. I need someone to hug me. I need someone to tell me everything's going to be all right. I need someone to pray a good prayer for my children because I can't seem to find the words right now. You know, like I need, I need that. I need someone who's going to be able to, to come alongside of me. And Encounter Weekend, that's what it is. We all come with a different need. Some of us just need to hang out and have a good time with other women. Got that. Some of us need to have a dance party where we can dance it out. Got that, too. Some of us need a word. Some of us need to be equipped with some tools. Got that. Some of us just need to lay on the floor and worship where, you know, we're not being interrupted by my son. Can I go get a drink from the machine downstairs? You know, you so just sometimes need some of those things to, in your life. So I'm going to encourage you. This is the Women's Encounter flyer. So please pick up one. Today is our pre-encounter. So you got one last week. No one really filled it out and and put it in, but I'm believing you're crazy just wasn't crazy enough. So take it this week, fill it out. If you know someone who's not here that is a woman that wants to come to the Women's Encounter, pick up one of these, give them, give it to them. Please, this morning. Uh, the pre-encounter is, the dates are in here for today, it starts at 4, worship starts at 4 here at DP. Please come out, we'd love just to hang out with you here together and just be together. So, amen. Sorry, that's my announcement, I
0: All you ladies, apologize and don't be so apologetic. I know some of you just would like a, a walk in my shoes. You could only have to do it for two days with her, but... Uh, and then some of you say, I don't know if I could handle that. Well, there's a balance that leads alongside of Tammy. Uh, and, and so I want to encourage you ladies to go. If you've been to a women's encounter, would you just stand up? Just to encourage you.
1: If you have been and you want to come back, you can do that too. So just because you've been, you, you just come on back. I've been to like 16. I think I've been to every single one they have. Oh, high school. Hey, and if you're in high school... You bring it on, because you got your own set of crazy, you high schoolers. So bring it on. We'd love to have you girls, all right?
0: Is there a special group for high schoolers?
1: There There is a special group. You will not be in a group with me, all right? You will be in a group with your own peers that have your own kind of crazy, all right?
0: Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Wow. Wow. That's real life at our house. Um, It wasn't just this morning, but it is just for you. Mitch is going to come he's going to share the word today. Uh, Lord, I just say thanks. Thanks for um, Mitch as a vessel, uh, a vessel of honor, Lord. Someone was bragging on him and Leah this morning as a testimony. And uh, Lord, I know they look at their lives and they say, oh, Lord, so much more and uh, transform me and change me. And Lord, I believe that for them today. Lord, I also just honor that you're great in them. Uh, you are great in them. You have been great to them. And, Lord, as he shares the word today, Lord, I thank you that uh, glory comes in to us. We receive your glory. but where we think we just couldn't have any more expansion, Lord, I just say that the hearts of the saints be expended
2: today in Jesus' name.
0: Amen.
3: Amen.
2: All right. am I, there I am on again. <laughs> Be wary of turning these things on before the time. <laughs> um, well, this morning, um, or actually, I'm going to start kind of a little three-part series that, you know, we were, as we were getting together, talking about where kind of where we're going, we just came from a conference called Pursuing His Presence, and so, yeah, that's probably a good topic to continue with, at least I think so, um, in relationship to really hearing the heart of God behind the presence of God, because... Man, it was, I think I've studied the, the most I mean, I, I, as I studied, it would, you, know, sometimes you'll study and just go back over stuff. I was studying and I kept getting like getting stuff, which is a problem when you're trying to shove it in about 45 minutes, uh, or an hour and a half. Wait, how much long do I have? An hour and a half, two hours? <laughs> <laughs> I won't keep you here all afternoon problems. But it did. I mean, it felt like, man, you start talking about the and I, I didn't even make it out of the Old Testament. I didn't even make it out of the Old Testament. I, I mean, barely. I got into it in the New Testament a little bit. But the reality was everywhere I looked, everywhere you look in that word, is a significant piece of the presence of God declaring into someone's situation, someone's life, someone's circumstance, you know, even as we prayed this morning, um, because this world has an effect. Tammy just made a great declaration of the effect of this world on our life. You know, how how, how long does it take to get in the flesh, right? You got to do what? Wake up, wake up right? <laughs> all we have to do is wake up, you know, and, and and immediately you can be in the flesh, but the reality is that that's why I need the presence of God all the time, everywhere, and and so that's what we're just going to be, just really talking about different facets of that this week. Um, there's a, a verse, I put it on your sheet there, it says, the wind blows where it wishes and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from and where it is going. So it, it is everyone who is born of the Spirit. And so he starts talking about this, uh, talks about the Spirit in relationship to the uh, wind. And 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 we also can, uh, I'll I'll give you another scripture in relationship to, uh, you know, the Psalm 139 when David said, where can I go from your what? Presence. Where can I flee from your Spirit? I mean, he really correlates those very along the same line. When the Holy Spirit shows up, and that's the presence of God, right? I mean, so it's hard not to talk about the presence of God and Spirit almost interchangeably, although, you know, there's facets of the Spirit that, you know, we can talk about. But so we're going to kind of be, throwing that around, but I thought about that. I threw a couple of pictures up here, you know, you think about, think about the wind, um, you know, what do you see in this picture? If you can get it on there, there it is, what do you see? You see a, a guy, right? <laughs> I hope you see a guy, is that right? That That is losing his umbrella very quickly. But I see something else that I don't see, right? Can't you see something that you don't see? The wind, right? I mean, I, I mean, obviously, I mean, if I asked you what you saw there, you see, I mean, I, well, yeah, a guy, a beach. I mean, all those are the reality. But what you don't see that, that is very present is the wind, right? And he starts talking about. It. Go ahead, next one. What do you see in this picture? <laughs> Throw that one in there for all the, all you pet lovers. I see a car. I see a field. I see a dog. I see what? Winds? Why? Hmm. Okay. What about the that's next one? Let's throw it out. nice one there. You know. I see. I see in that. I I see the wind because I see something else. You know. You think about the wind. What What's the effects of the wind? How do I I can't ever see the wind, but I know it's there, right? I mean. If you go outside, sometimes there's wind, sometimes there isn't. That's the good thing about God. There's always the presence of the Lord. But when I go outside and, and I I know there's wind. How do I know that? You feel it, right? What else? You you what did I say? Hear it, right? You can go out there and hear it. I was going to try to get a big old fan in here. I mean, once you start throwing a fan up in here, you, you hear the you can hear the wind. You can hear it out there, and you can also what see its effects. And that's mostly why you see what you see there is you you're seeing the fact that I know there's wind because there's effect. You know, I knew the I knew God was doing something in some people this morning because I saw it, I heard it, I saw its effects. You know, Miss Colleen was just praying, you know, like I said, is there freedom? Is that sometimes like she said she she almost want to apologize cuz sometimes that feels uncomfortable. Right? And and but I, you know, I started thinking about that. If you were here last week, and I don't apologize for that. But the reality is, did anybody see an effect of God's presence here? Right, uh, BJ, who has his hand up, you know, felt it. You know, we saw it. You know, we saw its effects. We heard its effects as you know Craig was praying, and then all of a sudden, you know, sometimes we think, well, gosh, man, is that weird? Is that really God? Is what's what's going on? And I start thinking about. Even just what's normal nowadays, you know. I think, so I'm kind of kind of running right right here just for a second because I want to address those things because sometimes those are hard. You know, with the effects of God, I feel like sometimes my my own flesh. I just want everything prim and proper. And as a pastor, you know, I've, you've heard me say many uh, several times that you know I, I I do. I was one of those that lifted my hands. I, sometimes when I bring people, where I know we have 15 visitors. You know, I kind of want that nice, neat. Clean service. Everybody got blessed. There were no no. You yeah. know, but the reality was is that, you know, sometimes when God moves in His presence, I see effects. Well, what are those effects? Well, you tell me what Jesus did when Jesus walked this earth. You tell me how prim and proper he got. I mean, how how did it? I mean, when he showed up, did anything happen? Did anybody see effects? Somebody say an effect of when Jesus. Walk this earth. People got healed, right? People falling down. So many kids get delivered. Uh, They ate with, yeah, just a few uh, bread and fish. I mean, some of this I'm like, wait a second. I mean, that's sort of what we would call abnormal. But I would think that those things need to start being normal. I mean, those are the normal of Jesus, you know. Does it get uncomfortable? Absolutely. As a pastoral person, do I get uncomfortable? Absolutely. So you can just join the club. You know, it was, is this uncomfortable sometimes? But the reality is, is that worth it? Is it worth it for somebody to be free? See, we would always say it's, you know, I would go out and share the gospel wherever if I knew one person was going to get saved, right? We would, we would do it. But would we have a service where just one person got free and the Holy Spirit moved and that one person got free? cool part is that last, even like that last week, this week, I think that's the cool part about the body of Christ is that you don't, I, I don't even know the, the extent of what God did last weekend. I mean, I can't even, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I know I saw some effects. I saw some effects in other people. But the reality is, is that, man, I don't even know the fullness of that. So is it worth it? Yeah. Yeah, it's worth it. Is it uncomfortable sometimes? Yeah. Because the effect, I'm sure that guy running through, the, getting blown by the wind, that was a little uncomfortable. You know, but sometimes that's, maybe that's what we feel like when, when those things happen. We're like, ah, I'm getting blown everywhere. But God really wants to set a foundation where we don't get blown with the winds and waves of this world, but we are set in the stone in relationship to the kingdom of God and the presence of God and what that looks like. So that's what I really want to talk about, seeing the effects of God, you know. And whether I get through all this, I, don't, I have no idea. You know, I kinda, it was one of those, I'm like, Lord, what, what are you doing this morning? What are you doing this morning? Because, you know, even in prayer and stuff like that, it felt like, I've, I felt like Tammy felt, like when, as I was praying this morning, that's what I felt like. Like I'm bad on this, like, I mean, even my key, I'm serious. I went in, I was like, I have just remembered real quick that we only have one van key, and I took the van yesterday to the uh, back from the game, and so I'm like, ooh, if t- if Leah doesn't have that key, then I'm running back home, so I better go find it. Well, I looked through my pockets, through my pair of pants down, and now I'm looking through everywhere, because I'm like, I can't find it. And then, I I mean, 10 minutes later, I go back into the same pocket, and I found the key. I mean, I'm like, really? <laughs> this is a great way to start a morning that you got to share, right? You know, just frustration, you know. And I f- felt like the Lord kept just stirring at me. He's like, you know, what's your response, you know? Are you going to let that affect you, or are you going to allow the effects of my spirit and my kingdom affect you, you know, in, in a way? And so um, look, at that, look at that quick, re- uh, I think I go on uh, down there to the quick, uh, that quick reality yeah, I spoke about this probably about, four, about two months ago. You can go back and catch it on the uh, iPod, I mean, p- podcast. If you have an iPod, you can get it on that too. But uh, the podcast, you know, about this, it, some of the effects of God specifically. But the Lord just really took me in, back into a place of the Old Testament. We're going to head there. But look at this quick reality. He was always about establishing his, establishing his presence among his sons and daughters. Always. What do you think about the garden? What was that about? Was that about him, uh, people communing with God or not? I mean, Adam and Eve walking with God. Think about the tabernacle. Why, did, why was it, we'll look at that a little bit more in depth. Why did the tabernacle even get built? Just to, to, it's for a glory show or what? what? What was it? So his presence could be here. Temple, same thing. That he would have a house among men and women and children. And so uh, the veil, you talk about the veil being torn. Why, do you, why did he tear the veil? So that you could come into the what? Presence of God, Holy of Holies. You know, there's no, no separation anymore. You know, just the cross, the cross, the separation, the divide from your sin to, from the Lord. What happened? It was broken, right? It was broken. And so now you get to come before him, uh, the Holy Spirit. What's that? I hope. Come on now. What's the presence uh, What's the Holy Spirit? presence of God, what? In you. Right? Talk about uh, revelation, that the tabernacle of God will now be among men forever. I mean, from, from cover to cover, what, what? I mean, you just can't get away from it. But you can get away from it if you live this life just living it. You can get away from it being in church and just living life. I mean, I think, unfortunately, that's why the church at large is void of a lot of presence because we just live this life according to this world. And so the Lord really just said, the effect of God's presence, it's a game changer. It was funny. I just thought about that last night. I was like, man, that's a, that's a game changer. And then I, I, I had a a game of uh, Baylor and Iowa State. It was a random game. I just had it on just to because I was so overwhelmed with all this stuff. And as soon as I thought of that, I looked up, and on the, on the screen, there was, this quarterback was a game changer because he was red shirted and he played. He was red shirted his first, his first year. He played absolutely no time the second year, and then he was the offensive player of the year the next year in, their, in yeah, Baylor. And so all of a sudden, there was, it was something changed. It was a game changer. So that's what the Lord's presence can do in our life can create game changers. And we're going to look at four game changers real quick. Uh, Moses, Joshua, David, and the church. And and if the presence of God wasn't in any of these, they don't go where they go. They don't do what they do. They don't deliver who they deliver. They don't walk where they walk. And so I'm not sure how we think we're going to do any differently. You know, Jesus, even Jesus himself, spent so much time with the Father. You know, in his presence. So look at this Moses real quick. We're going to run through some scriptures because there's, a lot of them are a little bit long. But um, you think about this relationship to Moses. Look at this Exodus 33, 7 through 11. I hope I got them all up there. But now Moses used to take his tent. Do you think the presence of God was relevant for Moses? Moses used to take the tent, pitch it outside the camp, a good distance from the camp, and he called it the tent of meeting. It's a good place, to, thing to call your tent the tent tent of meeting, meeting with the Lord. And everyone who sought the Lord would go out to the tent of meeting, which was outside the camp. And it came about whenever Moses went out to the tent, that all the people would arise, stand at the entrance of the tent, and gaze after Moses until he entered. And then it says, Wherever Moses, whenever Moses entered the tent, the pillar of the cloud would descend, the stand at the entrance of the tent, and the Lord would speak with Moses. When all of the people saw the pillar standing at the entrance, the people would arise and worship, each at the entrance of his tent. Thus the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face, just as a man speaks to his friend. You know, the cool part about that is we we have that same access, face to face interaction with the Lord every day, every moment, not just a quiet time, every moment of the day. And I've just been trying to do that in my own heart, like Recognize the presence of God. Like, where, what's like, what's He doing? Where is He at? Where is, where's where's all like, what's going on in my midst? Doesn't mean I have to sit there and try to overanalyze everything. It does make I need to be very aware of who, where He's at, what He's doing. All right, because Mo, Moses needed that. He was very aware of it. He went out. He went out to the tent, and we'll talk about what Joshua did with that in just a second. But you think about, you know, think about the presence of God. You know what 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 was it that um, called Moses back after he went uh, on his little, you know, wilderness trip down into the wilderness after he tried to kill the Egyptian? What brought him back? Burning bush, burning bush right? So what, what was that? It was, a, it was an experience with the presence of God. Man, like, man, what, if a, like what if a burning bush was up here? And somebody got set free. What if somebody got set free of that, that's, you know, that torment in their own heart? You know, it's a game changer. It's, it's something that changes. It changed his direction forever. Um, you know, that's the Exodus 3, 3 through 6. I don't, um, you, know, when it, you know, I'm, I'm not even going to read it. Go on to the next thing. You know, the reality is it redeems the call on Moses' life. His presence. Go on to that next one there, Jordan. Is there another one? You know. Um, so the reality is that it was just a game changer. It changed his whole life. It changed his whole direction. You know. And he was able to eventually deliver a nation. You think about this one in relationship to uh, I love this. Uh, well, this is one I want to just go through real quick, too. I was, this is amazing. Um, when they were about to go up to the mountain, you know, Moses takes a bunch of the elders out to the mountain, and Joshua, and so, and so it says, when Moses went up with Aaron, Nab, whatever his name is, Nab, whatever that guy's name is, and 70 of the elders, they saw the God of Israel, and under his feet there appeared to be a pavement of sapphire as clear as the sky itself. I mean, this is like real. I don't, I mean... Sometimes we just read, and sometimes I can get in that fairy tale mode with the word, and you just, you kind of get into this, well, it's kind of a story. No, this is real. Like, this is happening. It's like the 70 elders, Moses, all them heard about it. And it says, and yet he did not stretch out his hand against the nobles of the sons of Israel, and they saw God. Now, we're not going to go into theological points about whether they actually saw God and lived or not. But the reality is, it says they saw God, and and so what was their immediate response? What does it say? Eating and drank. I mean, I don't know. Sometimes in the Bible, eating and drinking is a good thing. Sometimes in the Bible, eating and drinking is not a good thing. I don't For some reason, I'm not sure that that's the best response. I mean, so and and what it did is, it, in my mind, it said sometimes we get in the place of a presence of God, and we, it's almost like, you know, we, we miss the point. You know, we miss... We miss what's going on, what God's trying to do in our midst. Sometimes, you know, there's going to be a, a, times in the presence of God when God's doing things in our body, you know, where people will be getting set free. Sometimes it'll be people getting healed. Sometimes it'll be people jam- jumping up and down, dancing in the presence of the Lord because the presence of God is just so thick in our midst. So, I mean, whatever that looks like doesn't matter. But there's, it's very interesting because guess what happened to the these people very soon after this, like within forty days, what do these people do that ate and drank? Anybody know? They created a what? Golden calf. I mean within forty days of seeing God. So it's it's not about only seeing God's presence, it's about embracing what He wants to do in our heart and our lives. It's about going somewhere deeper than eating and drinking. You know, and I love, I mean, you think about these passages that I put up there, um, you know, the kingdom of God is not what? Eating and drinking. The kingdom of God is righteousness, joy, peace, where? In His presence, in the Holy Spirit. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. That's where, that's where He wants to take us. Go on, uh, Jordan, to that next one. Um, Okay, I didn't put those up there. I must have put them up somewhere else. But the reality is, the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking. It's about, so sometimes we get so bogged down in the, you know, we just get so bogged down in this life. And we get bogged down in the ins and outs. But even sometimes when I respond to God, I, I, I want to respond to Him in a way that c- catches my heart, catches my attention. Because Moses did what? He got caught up to the mountain and he, went, he pressed in. And he didn't eat and drink for 40 days and 40 nights. Because why? Because God was sustaining him, I believe. You know, the presence of God was sustaining him. And so, anyway, go on to the next one. That was just very interesting. Go on there, Jordan. Go on. I'm not going to read all through those. Um, yeah, well, I just said those. It's very interesting that, you know, they got tired of waiting on the Lord. It was 40 days, and they were like, where's Moses. He's not coming down, so therefore I'm going to do what? We're going to create a golden calf. So how many, you know, do we do that in our lives? We don't really take out the graving tool and throw a bunch of gold in, but the reality is we do throw stuff in the fire and figure out what we want out of this life. And we will end up in weird ways worshiping it or asking it to go before us instead of, like, I want prosperity, or I want this to, to direct me and lead me, or is it the presence of God that's going to lead me? Is it the presence of God that's going to lead a church, you know, the body of Christ? You know, because that's where that's where he's headed. Go on to the next one. Oh, that's where I, that's where I, put, I put these. I just got ahead of myself. Keep going. You know, think about this, you know, now having been questioned by the Pharisees, the kingdom of God is not coming with signs to be observed, Look, there! here it is or there it is. For behold, the kingdom of God is in your midst. What was, he, who, who, what was he talking about there? The kingdom of God is in your midst. Well, who was in their midst? Him. His presence. That's it. The kingdom of God is about his presence. Well, we're going to do a whole another series on that as well, but I, so I won't go there. But go on to the next, next slide. Presence, uh, his, go on, that's the one I was talking about. He, uh, he didn't eat bread or drink water. The presence of the Lord was something more than that. Go on, Jordan. It's an interesting fact, you know, when Moses went up to the mountain, he didn't first give him the Ten Commandments. The first thing he did in this scripture was give him the reality of the to build, to command to build a sanctuary. I mean, isn't that very interesting? The first thing he does when he goes up on the mountain to get the Ten Commandments was do what? Here, build a sanctuary for me. Build a tabernacle. And he said, why? Let them construct a sanctuary for me that I may what? Dwell among them. Gosh, I I pray that that's that's our heart is a dwelling place. I mean, part of that's even our name, right? The heart is that we would create such an environment for you individually, whether when you go out there, for us corporately as we come in here, that you get to experience the presence of God. I think that's what you all of your destinies. I mean, if you want a destiny and a calling, I'll give you one right now. I won't, I won't tell you what you need to do as a profession, but I can tell you this that your destiny is to be in the presence of God daily, hourly, secondly, whatever you want to call that. Uh, I think that's our reality. And the, the, the uh, wage of war on us is to create a reality that we live by this, the flesh, or by the world. And so God really wants to take us to that place. Um, because the cool part is, it redeemed, you know, that whole thing was redeeming the call of Moses' life in that. But I keep going on. Um, well, this is interesting too. He says this about the tent of meeting. It shall be a continually burnt offering throughout your generations at the doorway of the tent of meeting, before the Lord, where I will meet with you to speak with you there. I will meet there with the what? Was it just for Moses or was it for who? It was for everybody, the sons of Israel. Uh, and it shall be consecrated by my glory. And I will consecrate the tent of meeting and the altar. I will consecrate Aaron. I will dwell among the sons of Israel and will be their God. They shall know that I am the Lord their God who brought them out of the land of Egypt that I may what? Dwell among them. What's the whole purpose of calling or anybody in here? Because the cool part is that when I see the effects of God, because I've been around most of you a long time, I can see the effects of God. I can see the effects of the presence of God on you. I can see wh- where you've come from, where you've been, and where, you've, where you are going. That's the effect of God's kingdom on you. Uh, but the reality is, is that when, when I get set free out of Egypt, what was the whole purpose for them getting set free? Was it just to have freedom? It was so that what? He could do what? Dwell among them. That's what he says, right? They shall know that I am the Lord their God who brought them out of the land of Egypt that I might dwell among them. That was the whole purpose of getting free. You know, so there's a place that God wants to do that. All right, Mitch, keep going. All right, go on. Uh, look at that. I love this. Effects of God's presence. Moses, I mean, uh, yeah, Moses is willing to give up the promised land if he doesn't have the what? Presence of God. I mean, that's pretty significant. I don't know if you ever realized that. Moses, you know, there's a scripture that says, you know, the Lord said, Go up to the land flowing with milk and honey, for I will not go up in your midst. He's saying, you can have the promised land, but I'm not going with you. And then, of course, the famous statement then he said, Moses said, if your presence doesn't go with us, do not what? Lead us from here? It, for Moses, the presence of God was so significant in his life that he would he'd be willing to get rid of any promise that was in the promised land. The milk, the honey, all the good stuff. You know, he was willing to give that up. Why? Because he understood the reality of the presence of God was so significant for him so significant. And so there's a that place that, you know, presence or or promise, you know, we talked about that a couple of weeks ago, too, but one is, and I love this one, you know, just the fact that he came down off the mountain, and what happened physically? When he came off that mountain, what happened? His face, what, in the presence of God, transforms. You know, I love that. Oh, whoops, I do want to say that one. Oh, no, that's the one I did say. Um, go on to that next one, Jordan. Yeah. His life declared the goodness of God. Look at that. When Moses did not know the skin of his, that the skin of his face shone because of speaking with him. Well, what did it shine? What was he reflecting? The what? Goodness and glory of God. That's what he was reflecting. I mean, that's what I want to see on, uh, on me when I walk out of here, when I walk into situations. I want the glory of God to be declared and not, not me, uh, not, not Mitch. And so, that's effect on Moses. I mean, you think about him. Think about this next one, Joshua, you know, going through a few things of his. I mean, think about it. Was the presence of God relevant for Joshua? I mean, I love this. When Moses uh, arose with Joshua, his servant, and Moses went up to the mountain of God. When Moses was up on the mountain of God, where was Joshua? Anybody know? He stayed at the what? Foot of the mountain. Anybody know? The reality is that when... When that that same scripture in Exodus thirty three, when Moses returned to the camp from the tent of meeting, where did Joshua stay? Right outside the tent. Was that important to Joshua? He didn't even go back. He was just like, Man, I want to be wherever the presence of God is. Even if I have to stand down on this mountain forty days and forty nights, waiting for Moses to get off of it. You know? He understood the presence of God. Cool part about that is. What what did it affect him? Think about these three real quick effects. Go on, Jordan. Think about this: the effects of the, of the presence of God in Joshua's is that he had faith to take on giants and eventually defeat them. Y'all know the story. I won't even read through the scripture. They go through the spy spy out the land, and what happened? You know, Joshua Caleb comes back and says, "Do what? We should do what? We should take the land? Why?" Because I've been in the presence of God, and I know my God. He was so confident in that. He knew the presence of God, what the presence of God did. He knew that God would take it out of his enemies. So it wasn't even a a thought for him. I don't think it was a thought for Caleb because they spent time, I believe, in the presence of God. You know, I love that. Do not fear the people or the land, for they will be our prey. Their protection has been removed from him. And the Lord is what? with us. So how do you know that? You know, how do you know that? Well, you spend time with the Lord. You listen to also what other people are doing. I mean, there were some moments in that the Lord gave them understanding about that. And then, of course, I love the the end of it. You know, Joshua ends up getting to take the whole people of God into the what? Promised land. The guy that stayed at the tent of meeting, the guy that stayed at the base of the, of the mountain, you know, at the presence of God, he was the one that got to do what? Take them into the promised land. Joshua came at that time, cut off all the Anakin. Anybody know what those guys are? They're the what? Giants of the land, right? So he was just taking them out from the hill country, from all those places. Uh, Joshua utterly destroyed them with their cities. There was no Anakin left in the land of the sons of Israel. I mean, this is a guy that just, well, how could he do that? How can he take out giants like that? I mean, you can have a good army, but I mean, they had a good army too. <laughs> I mean, they had the giants in the land. Well, they did it, I think he did it because he spent time in the presence of God. And he understood that, understood where he was going. All right, go on to the next one. I love this. Prepared him to shepherd and lead them into the promised land. Uh, he was able to do that. I love that. Take Joshua, the son of Nine, a man in whom is the Spirit, and lay your hand on him. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God was on him to do that task. Go on to the next one. Uh, And gave him supernatural victory. This is a Jericho, right? Y'all know Jericho. Spirit of God did what? Said, go do something crazy, weird, and probably dumb in relationship to a, a... Anybody want to sign up for that? Hey, if you want to go destroy that city, just start going and walking around it. Walk a, uh, well, yeah, Well, let's say this. You know, why don't you walk one time for six days and then just do it seven times on the seventh day, right? And then blow the trumpets. But do you know what was very significant is what, they, what went before them in relationship to, you know, he put out some people of the army, but then what, what was next? What, what went out before them? The Ark of the covenant. What was the Ark of the Covenant? Why did they do that? Why, I mean, the Ark of the Covenant was the what? Representing the presence of God, was the presence of God. It's what he, you know, that's how he walked this earth in relationship to uh, that. And So uh, I love it. It says, take up the Ark of the Covenant, let seven priests carry trumpets, go forward, march around the city, let the armed men go before the Ark of the Lord. So the Lord was with Joshua, his fame and all the land. Supernatural victory, you know? I'm kind of wondering, man, why don't don't we see in victory, or why don't we, why sometimes don't we see those, you know, those places? Well, I I really believe we're going to find victory in the presence of the Lord. We're going to find that is so significant that I—it's kind of like Moses. I'm not going to live without it. I'm not going anywhere without it. All right. Think about this in relationship to David. We'll just go flip through these real quick. Um, Think about this. Um, I love all these psalms. I mean, there's like, you think the presence of God was, I mean, what was David doing when he was writing all the psalms? Anybody know? Just either, yeah, just kind of either by himself, he was out with the sheep probably, or he was in, he was just, he wasn't like, so, he just found places, you know, and and he wrote some incredible psalms. And so, I mean, just take a look through these real quick. I'm just going to read them. See if you think the presence of God was very significant to David. I have have set the Lord continually before me. Because he is at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad. My glory rejoices. You will make known to me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. He he penned that one. In your right hand are pleasures evermore. All right, flip to the next one. Just flip through these real quick. Hear a just cause, O Lord give heed to my cry, give ear to my prayer, which is not from deceitful lips. Let my judgment come forth from what? Your presence. Here's a guy that's going to be king. I can't remember if he was king at this point or not. I'm not sure exactly what what this, when this psalm was written, but you know, he needed, I mean, if you're king of Israel, do you need some wisdom? Do you need some understanding? Do you need some judgment to, to be able to sort out? Some of us are like in that place of Man, I need to know how to sort out my life. I need to know how to sort out what God's doing. And you're trying to do that in your own ability to think that through, pros and cons, all that. I mean, I can torment myself with pros and cons because I usually come up both. Usually both decisions are just as good, and then I'm stuck. And I'm like, oh, man, I've got a good decision a good decision, and I can't figure out which one to do. And you start flipping coins. That's not a great de- thing to do. Or, yeah. the, the reality is that what David did, he says, I want my judgment. I want the, be, the ability to sort out my life to come from one place, and that's where his presence. I want my judgments to come from his presence, not from my own understanding. So maybe we should go there in those moments. As for me, I shall behold your face in righteousness. I will be satisfied with your likeness when I awake. I just like that. I will be satisfied with your likeness. Go on to the next one. His glory is great through your salvation, splendor, and majesty you place upon him, You make, for you make him most blessed forever. You make him joyful with gladness in your presence. How great is your goodness, which you have stored up for those who fear you. Go on to the next one, Jordan. Which you have wrought for those who take refuge in you. You hide them in the secret place of your presence from the conspiracies of men. Sometimes we conspiracies of men. There's things that come against us. Well, where am I going to hide from those? Where am I going to find refuge from those things? You know, in everybody's comfort. I don't know about you guys, but I mean, I I appreciate the comfort of the body of Christ because I think that is incredible. But there is nothing like being comforted by Him Himself, you know. And He does that through people, so I'm, I'm all about that. But the reality is, Sometimes we can shortchange ourselves because he wants to comfort. He wants to hide us in that secret place from the conspiracies of men. Um, his presence. Uh it's interesting. You can go to Psalm 21, 31, 41, 51, and they're all about the presence of God. Kind of interesting. Weird. Sorry, I'm a math guy. Just got those got those things going. Look at this 41. Uh, and you set me in your presence forever. All right? Psalm 51, create in me a clean heart, O God, renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from what? Your presence. It's so important to me. Don't take your Holy Spirit from me. That was in the days where the Holy Spirit wasn't yet poured out to all men. It rested on. So that's kind of a, uh, don't want to go into theologically how that, all that works. But restore to me the joy of your salvation and sustain with me, in with me a willing spirit. So there's a place where don't, it's so important to David, he's like, God, I need your presence. Don't, I can't live this life without it. So I wanted to say all that because then what did that do to David's life? How did, why, why was that a game changer for him? Well, look at this. In First Chronicles 12, going on to that next one. You know, the first thing that he did when he uh, got to be a king, one of the first things he did it's very interesting. All these being men of war who could draw up in battle formation came to Hebron with a perfect heart to make David king over all Israel and all the rest also of Israel with one mind to make David king. There was joy in Israel. Okay? So that's great. So David's king. Does anybody, ever, does anybody know what the problem with the Israel right now is? It doesn't have something. The Ark of the Covenant. Okay? At the time David... Gets into office as king. The Ark of the Covenant's not to be found. Do you know what his first, basically, first thing that he does? I mean, this is the scripture right after this in 13. Go on to 13. Then David consulted with the captains of the thousands, the hundreds, even every leader. David said to the assembly of Israel, If it seems good to you, which I hope it does, And if it is from the Lord our God, let us send everywhere to our kinsmen who remain in the land of Israel, to the priests, to the Levites who are with them in their cities, that they may meet with us and let us bring back the ark of God to us, for we did not seek it in the days of Saul. You know what the difference between, I believe, Saul and David was? One sought the presence of God and one didn't. And there was a very remarkable difference. Kings... King Saul lived out his life, just kind of in the practical. He was king of Israel. I mean, he did all the duty stuff. I mean, but he was tormented with, what, the thoughts and opinions of men. Uh, he was always, always wondering about his position and place. He was always confronted with, oh, my gosh, you know, what, you know my kingdom's going to fall type thing. You, never, you don't really hear that out of David. Why? Because David understood, I think David understood it. He walked from the presence of God. It's like, God, if you can't, I can't do this anyway, so you're just going to have to do it. You know, that's that place that God wants to take us. And I, and I just pray that that isn't, that isn't what we as a church, church in general is, is that for some reason we say, you know, it's said about the church that we did not seek it in our days. You know, that we didn't seek after God's, kingdom and his presence to come and be here on earth uh, as it is in heaven. Go on to the next one. Uh, now, the hard part is that it's really interesting. You, this is why I, I want to bring this up only because sometimes, you know, when things happen like happened this morning or maybe, you know, sometimes, you know, a laughter like last week, you know, some things broke out and they went into the other room and Sometimes we have a tendency, and, I, I, and I'm guilty as all, well, you know, trying to judge into those situations and trying to figure out, is that God or isn't it God? And that's a very hard one to do because I, when I, when, I don't know what is going on with Colleen, so why would I try to judge into that or not into that? You know, I don't know what was going on with Craig and BJ. And, you know, I know, I know everybody's character, so I'm, I'm pretty good with that because so I, I know our heart's for the Lord you know, so when I know that they're in there walking and worshiping with the Lord or doing whatever they're doing in there, you know, I can, st- I can remain confident. I don't have to figure all that out and judge into it. It's very interesting because uh, you remember when the ark of the Lord came back in for David? What happened? Like they were rejoicing, celebrating, you know, David comes back in uh, shouting cymbals, harps. I mean, it was loud. It was energetic. It was all over the map, right? And then all of a sudden, Michael, the daughter of Saul, looked out the window, and she saw King David leaping and celebrating. And what did, what happened? I think she tried to start judging into that situation what he was doing. And all of a sudden, what what, what happened? You know, she she all of a sudden got into her heart. And you know the hard part about that? You know, go on to the next scripture. Um but when David returned to bless his household, Michael, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet David, and how the king of Israel distinguished himself today. He uncovered himself today in the eyes of the servant's maids as one of foolish ones, shamelessly uncovers himself. So whatever David was doing looked foolish, looked, you know, from a perspective of prim and proper, I guess you'd call it, shameless, foolish, like I can't believe he's doing that. If you find yourself going there in your own mind, in relationship to trying to judge that out, you know, just be aware because that's what it does: is it dulls your heart. It will dull your heart to the presence of God. It will dull your heart for the moving of God in your own life. You know, whether will whether will there be some abuse in the, in the body of Christ. Yeah, I mean, you're just not going to get away from that. We're pe- we're right. We're a bunch of people getting together trying to pursue God. I'm pretty sure that Bible is full of people that tried to pursue God, but didn't get it all right. Right? Are we good with that? I mean, there's, there's, they didn't get it all right. So I don't have to figure out everybody's got it right, but I do want to, because the problem was, it says, you know, I will be more light. I love David's response. David said, it was before the Lord who chose me to appoint me ruler of the people of the Lord over Israel. Therefore, I will celebrate the Lord. I will be more lightly esteemed than this and will be more humble in my own eyes, but with the maids of whom you have spoken, with them I will be distinguished. Michael, the daughter of Saul, had no child to the day of, of her death. So th- what it did, it created fruitlessness in her life. And that's what happens when we try to judge into situations that people, what people are doing, what, what God's doing in somebody else. doesn't mean I have to, you know, sometimes I'll be in the presence of God and somebody, it's funny, somebody next to me will say, oh my gosh, did you feel that? And I'll be like, well, not really, but I, I was, Worship in the Lord, so I mean, but that's okay. Like God does different things all the time. I don't have to figure figure out what. I don't have to figure out to compare what I, what's going on with me, what's what's going on with them. So I just encourage the body to do that, walk in that, all right? Because I don't want to see fruitlessness in our lives, uh, you know, in relationship to the presence of God. Um, I love the. I'm not. I didn't even have time to go through David. I mean, you talk about the effects of God's presence. He. <laughs> He defeated the, what, lion and the bear when he was out in the out by himself. He took on Goliath. These are in your notes. He became king and shepherd of a nation, uh, a man after God's own heart, and there's countless others. I mean, you, you just start thinking about these men, Moses, Joshua, and David. They led people somewhere. Like, they led the body somewhere. And I really believe if we're, I believe we're called to be, Men and women that lead people somewhere, and I think if we're going to lead them somewhere, then we—that has to be people, men and women of His presence, of who He is, of His of His kingdom. Think about that of, this, of even the church. I'm not going to go through all these, but you think about Acts two. I mean, the Pentecost was where the church was even basically birthed out of. Anybody want that scenario? Tongues of fire coming on, people start, you know, going crazy. They look like they're you know, they talk about judging into a situation of, man, they're all drunk. You know, they don't, they, I mean, the reality was is that that was all God. And 3,000 people got saved, by the way, FYI. <laughs> I mean, do you think that's a good effect of the kingdom, of the presence of God in some way? I mean, I, I mean, I don't, <laughs> I don't, have how many watched the Holy Spirit, or Holy Ghost movie? We watched it in here, but. I encourage you if you haven't watched it watch it. I mean go watch it I mean cool part about that is that I mean the first one he was, he went up to kind of a guy that was basically an atheist and he just started praying for him and he's like the guy was like I mean the guy went like man what's going on <laughs> cuz he felt the pre- he felt something he like felt the presence of God so I mean I mean you're face to face with the, uh, with God when you bring the presence of God out there I mean what what's a what's the world going to you know, man, okay, that person got healed. Uh, Oh, that person got encouraged. Well, that that person, you know, got declared into. So all those things, I'm like, why wouldn't we do that? Why wouldn't we take that out there, you know, the presence of God? And so, you know, I, I was just amazed all throughout those, just as they had Holy Spirit, God moment encounters, how God was with each of them. And you think about you know effects of his presence i put down there changed forever 3000 people got saved you think about acts 319 repent and t- return because times so that times of refreshing will come in the presence of god that's an effect of the presence of god you get refreshed i mean i don't know, i don't know about you guys but like tammy i mean she needs to be what <laughs> refreshed after that morning right well that's what the presence of god's about that effect on us the effect of Think about Acts 9. You Think about uh, Paul's uh, encounter with the Lord, you know, his Damascus Road experience. And then he went to Ananias, and then all of a sudden, Ananias says, you're going to be filled with the Holy Spirit, and you're going to begin to declare. I mean, was that a game changer? I sure hope, you know, I sure hope he has an encounter with the presence of God. That's what I pray for people a lot of times. I'm like, Lord, give him that Damascus Road Holy Spirit-engaged moment for them that will change their life forever, you know. And so that's what I want to see here on a Sunday morning. I want to see it in your private hanging out with time, God time. I want to see it out there with people as we're walking with them. You know, there's a, there's a place where I want to begin to recognize and see the effects of God. The effect of God because I see it all I see it in you guys I see it I see it on you know sunday mornings and in, in relationship to different people I do want to see it real corporately like just really operating in that and uh, and so I think you know this whole thing about hearing just t- we're going to be talking about it the next couple of weeks about hearing about uh, uh, feeling hearing you feel this you feel the wind you see the wind, well you can also hear it. I'm sorry, you can hear it, and then you see its effects, right? Those are the three things we're going to re- walk, uh, be walking through. And So I just want to encourage you. I, I just want to pray, um, really, just because sometimes you can get in these moments where you're like, well, I just want to see the effects of the kingdom. Well, I do. Uh, I want to see that. If, BJ, could you just stream some? Um, but I just want to give have anything. You want to speak? Got something?
3: I think it's on. I don't know. When Mitch was talking, I just felt like there was just this place of um, just really individually, like we, we each are a different part of the body as a whole. And so, like, comparison a lot of times is just really what brings hindrance. And a lot of times I feel like probably an aspect I know for me has, can bring judgment in. And I just really felt like even during worship, I um, just felt like the Lord, like I was noticing certain things, but it's just interesting, like I know Matthew came up to me, and like we were really interacting, and there was just something like the Lord was just on Matthew's interaction, and it's, it's interesting, he went up to Mitch, and Mitch didn't catch that, because, and I was like, huh, like, wait a minute, maybe I need to let, and then I felt like the Lord said no, like like, you, you were the one that was supposed to catch that. Like, and, and so a lot of times I notice things that Mitch does not notice. And so I discount what I'm noticing. And I feel like the fullness comes is that, that we all have a part and notice different things. And I feel like even last week when Craig, the last time Craig came, he was, I mean, joy was the, the whole time I wept the whole weekend. I mean, I'm talking I wept uncontrollably and I'm thinking, "Oh my goodness, I'm really missing." But no, like that's what the Lord was doing in me and the part that I had to bring. And um and I really felt like I'm not really big I'd like to kind of give individual words, but there's this particular. I felt like the Lord had just highlighted someone to me like the last couple weeks for me, like, to notice, but there's a young lady in the back, and I I think I have maybe met you once, and and you were up here standing by Dave, and, um, but I just felt like the Lord, I don't play video games because that just stresses me out, like, I have enough stress to, like, play video games, but I have seen where Caleb has played video games, where, like, you hit these certain things, and, like, it starts, like, popping up money, and, like, because you've hit, like, the jackpot and it, like, gives you all these extra points. I don't know if any of y'all know any of that. But, like, that's what I saw over you was that, like, you are the jackpot. Like, the treasure that with, is in you is just amazing. And, like, you are, like, even within this body, like, this extra, extra, extra points, in the spirit and I just I just felt like the Lord. But but even that, that was just one part but like for us as a body, like we are gonna notice because of who we are, we're gonna notice different things and that and that's valuable to him. That's valuable to him.
2: So this is Stan, I just wanna unless somebody else you got anything.
4: Um, just as Mitch was talking about, like seeing the Holy Spirit or seeing the presence of God on people. Um, I remember before Jim and I, I didn't even know his name, but I remember sitting in a classroom and two rows over and three seats back, there he was sitting. And it was like my whole body just kept being turned to see. And that happened today with the gentleman, you're bending down. Yeah, you, I don't know your name. But all through the service, the Lord was just all over you, and highlighting you to my heart, and this is what I saw. I saw, um, I saw this water, and it was like, it was almost like the spiral of things that had gone down for a long time, just this spiral of activity, this spiral of life, just, but this spiral that was just going down and down and down. And just as I prayed for you throughout the service, I don't know, it was like early in the 90s there were these pictures that were kind of like covered up by graphics. But if you stared long enough at it, a picture would begin to emerge. And so there would be times throughout the service that I would just be staring at you, and the Lord reminded me of those graphics and that picture that would emerge and see, the thing with seeing the presence of God and feeling the presence of God, I felt this. felt this is what the Lord said. You know what it's like for your body to feel substance. You know what it's like for your body to be overtaken with chemicals. But well, what you are going to know what it's like is for your body to be overtaken by the presence of the Lord. And instead of Spiral, water spiraling downwards, you're going to feel what it's like to be caught up so much in the presence of God that you're going to watch him spiral you to the heights. That, he, that faith is the substance of things not seen. And there are things that have been masked by graphics, by noise in your life, by but just noise. But the Lord's been calling out that which he planted deep within before the foundations of the earth were even laid. When he sees you, when I see you, when others will see you, they will see the picture that all that noise and all those graphics tried to hide away. So I just bless you in the name of Jesus. Amen. And then you too just bowed your head. Young man, you just bowed your head and you lifted your arms. I could imagine that you were feeling the Lord. And as I was sitting there, all of a sudden my body just turned to the left. And there you were. And I just saw this. I saw the Lord as a master bricklayer. And he was laying just like, I don't even know what those tools are called, but he had this like pointy thing and he had cement. And he was, just, he was just spreading a layer of cement. And he was putting brick to brick. And then he would take some cement and he would put it in between the two bricks. And he was just measuring very carefully. Your foundation to the Lord matters. Matters. But you've been like that master builder in some of those areas of your foundation. You've taken the cement. You know the things that will glue the right materials together. And you've been seeking after those. And then the picture became this of the Lord with this tool, with this cement. But he was giving it to you. But he wasn't leaving you alone. And then it was no longer Jesus. It was the Father. And his hand was over your hand. And he wasn't leaving you alone. He was saying, son, let's build this together. And so that in your life, where you have felt alone and in your building, and you've just hungered for that presence, for someone to come alongside, say, son, this this is how you build, but not chastising you for doing it wrong, but having the confidence in you to do it right, but not out of performance, out of a depth of affection that just changes even the way you think. And as the Father put his hand over your hand and you started to build, he removed his hand, but not his presence, because he was confident of this. He was confident that that no longer did his hand have to be over your hand, that his presence would be with you, his songs would be sung over your life, and that because he overshadowed you, you would walk into great things with a firm foundation. I just bless you.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, Lord, we just agree with those words, and Lord, we just ask in Jesus' name, God, you would firm uh, just even the words she used, just cement those in, Lord God, just as as Lord words of your kingdom that would go forth and Lord I just pray that Lord for all of us God this morning God as as Lord we are in this place God I just want to pray God I just I just want to pray for this body God I want to declare God in the name of Jesus God just for a reawakening God just to this place of understanding that Lord, without you, Lord, without your presence, Lord, we cannot walk this life out, Lord, God, that just as David couldn't do it, just as Joshua couldn't do it, just as Moses couldn't do it, just as Jesus couldn't do it, without the presence of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in our lives, God, I just know that, Lord, we, we, I just ask for a great revelation for all of us, God. I just pray for a, a week full of recognizing your presence, God. I just pray a week full of recognizing your glory and in in each individual's midst, in wherever their job is, wherever they're going to school, God, whatever they're doing, God, that you'll begin to highlight things that they they may not have seen before, God, and they, maybe you'll speak in cert, such a way that they've never heard before, what, whatever that looks like, God, I just pray that, God, just your presence, God, would be among us, God. Your presence, God, will be among us, God. God, I want to be the, just like those men and women of the, of the word, Lord God, that didn't get it all right all the time. It wasn't about that. It's that they came back to this place. of They had a deep hunger and knowledge that your presence was it. Lord, without you, they couldn't do it. Lord, and so, Lord, I just pray that for us as a body. I just pray that over us in Jesus' name, God, that we would receive that. Receive that word, let it implant into our very souls and create supernatural fruit, Lord God. And so, Lord, I just pray that just a deep work of your presence, of your goodness, and that we would begin to see the effects. That we wouldn't try to judge into the effects. We wouldn't try to always figure out, uh, yes, the, I know that sometimes those are hard subjects and sometimes we need to bring correction. Uh, you know, that's always going to be... in in this place of walking life out as a as a family but god i do pray that we would uh lord we can we can help sort that out but lord not not really just judge their heart and really just take that down god i just pray that you would just begin to bring freedom to let people uh, really understand and know your presence and how you're walking with them and so lord i just know because i'm I'm one of those that struggled so many times, God, just so many times with the moving of your spirit, Lord. God, if I, I could spend a whole session testifying about how I struggled in that, but God, I know that as you broke that judgment off and that pride and that, that um, fear and intimidation, all those things played into the fact that, God, I, I want to see your kingdom released. I want to see your presence released in this place, in each life. So I'm asking for that this week, God, just supernatural recognition of that, supernatural reality of that, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Amen? We'll have a couple of, uh, if I can have some of the freedom, I mean, uh, first responders. I can have some of the first responders up. I'm just going to encourage you before you leave, a couple responses. If you just need uh, just the reengagement of the presence of God, you just want to say, God, I I need to come because I just need to get that piece of my life going again. Uh, Come and just receive prayer. Receive prayer this morning uh, from these men and women. Uh, If you need anything in relationship to physical healing or anything like that, come and get prayer. But I'm just going to release you. Enjoy the presence of the Lord throughout the week and be blessed. We love you. Oh, need gum for sure.
0: I do watching think The internet got Gracias. All right, your dad contacted me saying you were hoping to take money from the Fortune South on the school trip tomorrow. Well, I don't want you to do it again. Right? But we write checks once a month. this one. is a payable payoff So it would be written this month as well. But I have cash.
3: But I've been doing
0: the same thing for other people. So if you're in a situation.